and your chair tried to assault me. <laughs> you know, like uh, maybe you should give me my fucking money back, but at least whatever. it didn't sexually assault you. That would have been brutal, Ho- homie. I've been sitting inside, talking to nobody but your two dumb, ugly asses, for almost for more than a year straight. If a chair wants to sexually assault me, by all means. Go right ahead. It's better than what I've been doing to myself. <laughs> and with that, this that is down. the Is It Worse Than 311 podcast. Music podcast. Fucking hate my fucking life. Just about as much as I hate Phil Collins and all this fucking equipment that I have to use. It's breaking. Hey, if anybody wants to uh, wants us to sponsor them, or if anybody wants to start like listening to this show a little bit more, then... uh. Sending us some donations so that we can get better equipment and uh, maybe a better service to host our, our little chats here. Because, you know, we're all long distance. So we, we, we've got Hatter here coming from, uh, from California and uh, Robo Slush is over in, in uh, Michigan. And I'm, I'm in Washington. So, you know, uh, send us some money because uh, my shit all just fucked up real hard right before the show. And I'm real fucking sick of that shit fucking happening. Okay. And go to trash trashpitcity.com and buy some of my stuff too because that's stuff and trash bugs. But you know that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, no, no, not talking about. I'm not just gonna sit here and bit. Hold on, I'm gonna bitch a little bit more. I just I can't believe I bought that fucking headphones to do this shit. And like I, all I did was update my fucking Mac. What's with Mac? When you fucking update them, they just fucking crash. Is that how it's supposed to go? Fucking shit! I gotta hit this fucking vape. Somebody talk about something. I thought I thought Macs were designed to be updated so that you couldn't use certain functions anymore. Like, if you update your Mac, you're agreeing to make it obsolete, so you have to purchase the new product. I thought that was Mac's specialty in its line of product placement. Well, that's that's electronics in general, planned obsolescence. Yeah. Well, sure. The like Mac has been notorious <laughs> and has been sued a number of times for that shit. They're well, moving like, incredibly oh, quick. Your iPhone well, Seven no longer useful. To be fair, Windows, Microsoft just pulled the same fucking bullshit that literally they fucking put a line in the sand for the new Windows Eleven. Uh, my little Nuck PC that I have that's only four years old, which by Mac standards would still be upgraded will not be upgraded to Windows 11 because it is lacking certain hardware, which is just because they have a, uh, a test out right now. You can do so download beta, and I could install the beta on it right now. But as soon as it goes live, I would not be able to operate it because that PC does not have the newest uh, TP2 but or whatever. With a PC, but with a PC, you can <clears throat> replace the parts relatively cheap and you can build your own computers as opposed to a Mac that you can't touch or else it becomes obsolete and they tell you you can never use it again. Like, it's yeah, illegal for you to touch your Mac. It's still really bullshit that they're fucking putting this line in the sand like that. It you know what's like, really bullshit, though? computers people just bought what's, right now. Right, that right, that's what's really bullshit is that my computer that isn't working for the podcast right now is brand new. I haven't used it for more than three months and I updated it once and now it won't even register the fucking screen. I have to use my, like what the fuck dude. So anyways, we're here to talk about Genesis and I'm just going to take all this fucking anger about technology and fucking corporations and just direct it straight 
at Genesis. Holy fuck this goddamn band. I like prog rock. Do you guys like prog rock? Prog rock's fine, right? Oh, I, I love pretty good prog rock, man. That's like one of the jams. Yeah, I like prog rock a lot. It's, rock. it's yeah, I, I, I feel like it's, it, it's uh, you know, they, you get some... Uh, compositional elements going in there we usually have some like proficient skills at uh soloing and 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 just like musicianship in general so uh the the idea of prog rock in general is has some things worth listening to uh and genesis is considered probably one of the bigger prog rock bands somehow unfortunately of that time because if you think about like at the end of the 60s going into the 70s they they were one of the bands, you know? They were one of the, the guys that were mm. decent at doing it. If you listen to the earlier Genesis stuff, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. You know? First album, this, a little bit more. The, fir- the first album's like... I think psych- the first album's... Psych Rock. It, sound, it sounds like... Or like, like it, folk rock. It, yeah, it, sound, it sounds like it could have been well, they, uh, the, Ro- the Rolling Stones... Uh, by her Satanic Majesty's request, or any of those earlier, it has that recording quality. But they get some moody blues elements in there too, which sure. is also a fucking a late '60s prog rock type mm-hmm. of. Uh, they were a blues band that incorporated all that psychedelic orchestration and and what have you to make. It's the, not as elaborate what? though as, as no, later albums. A, it doesn't have the no. instrumentation or the time signatures or like that's like and that's why I mean arpeggiated solos and shit. It sounds much more like a 60s psychedelic pop group. It could be like a Who album. It could be a fucking, uh, I, don't, I don't fucking know, but like early Pink Floyd. It could be Piper at the Gates of Dawn, but not quite as out there. Um, more rock and the, roll. The first album on Spotify, well, I, the album is black, right? It's all black yeah. and it says like yellow, tiny yellow lettering <laughs> at the top, right? And... I kept forgetting it existed because literally it blends into the background of Spotify and I'm like, oh man, I'm only on X album and because I just couldn't see it and that's the way I think of that album. As a completely non-Genesis, it's like an aberration. It's like, they were they were like 15 years old when they wrote that album. Right. And, well, if you listen to, um, uh, what, what's his name? Mike Rutherford, his first band, it was called Anon. Uh, it's It's pretty much like, a less developed form of of that that album, that Genesis album, Ge- from Genesis to Revelation. Let's <laughs> fucking get out of here. Yep, like That's... look out. Oh, let's, <laughs> well, we know how. Uh, never mind. <laughs> I mean, it. They're, they're they say they're not a Christian band, right? Or they're like not totally a Christian. So so all of them what? went to some sort of like. It's I feel England, like it was like, a, so a, to... like an English Christian academy or something. Like it would be it like going to right, a private yeah. religious school in in that area. And they were all fourteen just... to sixteen when that first album was released. So, and they were all still in motherfucking primary or whatever. They were in like high school at that point. So they just took the name of whatever the producer gave to them. He's like, "Oh, let's do this," and they're like, "All right, <laughs> like sure." And that's their name, like uh, Genesis. So they are. Uh... I guess there was like a break or something, right? In between the two, they almost mm-hmm. didn't keep doing Genesis. I don't know. I didn't, didn't really matter. Trespass is where they really pick up. This is where it really becomes the band Genesis. This is a prog rock album. I, I wouldn't like the last one was psychedelic rock. You know, it's definitely 60s psychedelic rock or like folk rock. But back then it was what a same thing. 
If you were psych, if you were a psychedelic band back then, you were playing some folky shit too, because you you had psych and folk were playing together at the same festivals and blurring each other's lines for sure. Yeah, Uh, I mean, bumping fuzzies. What what else are you gonna play when you're singing songs about gnomes running around in mystical fairy (laughs) lands and shit? You know, fucking uh, trespass. I uh, liked it, you know. Uh, it's the only one with the drummer John Mayhew. Uh, it definitely comes across as more of a prog album, but to me, it didn't have what they needed with the. Um, you know, when I think prog, I think like, man, somebody's gonna play a badass solo, and somebody's gonna go on for way too long on some instrument, and it's gonna be too many notes all jammed together, and you're gonna be like, holy crap, how did you play that? Uh, and that doesn't really happen here. Until they get Steve Hackett in the band. And to me, that's when the first two albums are like not really Genesis. You know? Although it, the Trespass does definitely have more Peter Gabriel coming into his voice. Which was not quite there on the first album. Um, <laughs> he's pushing it a little bit more on Trespass. You can definitely tell that it's Peter Gabriel. This might be the only album where Trespass might be the only one where I'd say you could absolutely be like, oh, that's Peter Gabriel. And not questionable. Is it Peter Gabriel mixed with Phil Collins doing the weird? Is it Phil Collins? Even though he's not <laughs> <even> there <laughs> <Right>? yet. <laughs> well, on Trespass, he's not there. So it's but like Nursery Crimes. As soon as he's there, yep. that's when like that album is <laughs> Nursery Crime. <laughs> it's, it's with a Y. Like, what does that mean? It's a nursery rhyme, you know, R-H-Y. So if it's a nursery crime, then it's C-R? Because well, it's edgier, right? Does that Different. mean like, It's know. old English, so they used Y's instead of I's sometimes. Uh, like, if and, you're going to be pretentious, like, do it yeah, well. But I hear nursery <laughs> crime, and I think, like, molestation Fuck, or something. <laughs> no, no, hold on. As an aside, like, one of the, one of the biggest um, claims and... And, and annoyances by music critics to the movement of progressive rock is that they're pretentious and they're virtuosic and they're middle class to upper middle class. They're all about them, sort of the rich and they're about these sort of abstracts and utopian ideals. So the idea that you're going to say nursery crime instead of nursery rhyme and maybe as, as far as I can tell, that's a reference to old English. Like that's the only thing I can tell. And also it's a pun. Dog, that is not pretentious. That's big dumb. And, like, at least if you're going to do it, if you're going to be highbrow, fucking be highbrow. Like, that's like their I mean, whole career. But also, they were probably only 19 or 20 then, too. Like, they're still young kids on album three. I mean, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, yeah, they are. Where in the fuck did Peter Gabriel have his kid? Because didn't he leave the band being like, man, I got to go spend more time with my family and figure out what the fuck I'm doing? Like, I'm not here. You know, like, when did he have a kid? <laughs> Fucking. I thought uh, that was the middle of the seventies. Yeah, I guess. That, by well, by lamb lie down. Lamb lamb lies down. Oh wait, the baby comes in. Lambs lies lies down on Broadway, right? Because that's yeah, part of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened. Yep. Uh, so before and that, that partially though, led to him leaving the band too, right? Right. Sort of. So before that, though, nursery crime. We get Steve Hackett and we get the uh, immortal Phil yeah, Collins. Fucking. I, uh... Oh, yes! An 80s here. legend. It's, the it's star here. of the 80s. This is what, this is what, if you like Genesis, and you're not, like, a mom from the 80s, 
uh, you probably like this. <laughs> you know, this is when it's good. This is when they're a decent prog rock. You get you get Peter Gabriel fronting the band with Phil Collins singing and playing drums in the background and fucking Steve Hackett stepping in and doing these, like, the, these albums have cool solos. These albums have neat sounds of, tones out of the guitar. And uh, the, the, the the next, like, Foxtrot, Selling England by the Pound and Nursery Crime. They have uh, changes that happen in the tempo and, and, and the feelings of the songs. They build up to big things and break down to little things. It's interesting. It's good prog rock. Well, Watcher in the Sky is, like, watching, like, looking at old photos and stuff like that's that epitome of what you think of at that time for prog rock like fucking gabriel dressed up all fucking crazy just like jamming out you know like that's what you think when you're thinking this this especially at that time prog rock like um and as you were saying what are you singing about gnomes and elves and forestry Weird. and shit Just yeah random like... <laughs> sci-fi type of shit kind of almost fucking more fantasy but yeah yeah for me a lot of, like genesis still comes off i guess like the generic go-to for for like if no if you don't know what prog is and you have no idea what prog rock sounds like or anything but you re- you want to get into it for some reason and all you listen to is mainstream rock and roll Genesis it's it's Genesis Genesis and and yes are the two bands and these three albums that right before Lamb Lies Down on Broadway uh all the whole time I just kept going oh man I think this is a yes song am I listening to yes and then I'd be like no I want to listen I would rather listen to yes because yes are much better at their instruments and their songwriting is a little bit more uh complicated for me so I enjoy that um but uh, that doesn't change the fact that this era of Genesis is the era of prog rock Genesis, and it leads into the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, which is supposed to be their thing, right? <coughs> That's like the one everybody tries to push as being like the crazy well, I mean, out there concept album. Yeah, I mean, I think the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. I I I went back and listened to it thoroughly a second time, and I enjoyed that album, and I and I get why people like that. Also. This type of music, I think, from my perspective and from, like, genre-specific music that I enjoy presently, like, post-rock and fucking uh, math math rock and, like, more complicated, like, uh, you know, riffage from, like, modern music comes from this era in a real way. Like, it was inspired by these types of musicians. And, like, I mean, Lamb, Lamb Lies Down on Broadway's big. Like, it's goofy. It's sort of, it's it's got some cheese ball elements. But also, like, Peter Gabriel dressed up like a goofball for an hour and a half is fascinating to me. And, like, it was about the theatrics of it and the idea that the whole prog, like, prog rock for that, like, that's, the, that's going to be their last album. They do prog rock. But, like, that album, they, I mean, I guess the next two maybe. But whatever. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. But Lamb Lies Down on Broadway is an interesting attempt. I don't think doing a concept album works it rarely works it's like you like the concept is about some dude that goes to broadway and like runs a show and like tries to become a star like i don't know that's goofball shit i I think they went about it the wrong way because and i think if you listen to it and you read how they went about making it and how uh because peter gabriel wanted full control of the lyrics which he mostly got although he didn't deliver on all the songs so the other guys had to step in a little bit 
Uh, he yeah. kept leaving the fucking project, but it sounded like the band was literally just going to the studio and jamming and getting these like two, three minute clips of them fucking rocking out on a riff, which is, and then they would, they cut it together to make, you know, this long sprawling song. There's like our, our album, but there's like so many points where you hear the songs start fading out and it is just kind of like bullshit riffing in studio that they kind of like, tried to piece together out of whereas before i mean what what's the foxtrot has a 20 minute long song on it and the thing has like five different movements to it that's fucking that's you know like you sat down and tried to work on the music there whereas this is more like i don't know mate hit record peter's not even here (laughs) we'll just send him the fucking recording later and he'll write some words about slipper men what the fuck is this? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah like, the costume for that is cool. It looks like Guar or something. It was like he's wearing like a big stinky green foot. I don't know what the fuck it's supposed to be. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's just not, it's just not a good concept album. And maybe you're right. Maybe concept albums are uh, a little corny no matter what. I, I could think of a few g- good ones, but. Then I but think still of like a little corny. I guarantee you. It's like, the, well, and then then there's like Rush's twenty uh, twenty one twelve twenty twenty one, yeah, 20, or whatever the fuck, 20, whatever the fuck that mo- that album's called. It's about 12. a, a music's been banned and a guy finds a guitar, <laughs> which I think is also an idea behind a fucking Frank Zappa concept album. But Frank Zappa's making fun of the concept album in general, so it's a little different. But um, I mean. I would wager the most popular and famous and successful concept album is Tommy by The Who. Um, oh, boy. <clears throat> I always think of that one as a musical, you know? That's why I don't I don't think concept album. I always I, think, like, theater for that. Well, but, but that's right. the idea behind this album as well. I mean, that's the oh, yeah. I, Like, a concept, a concept album as a music story cannot, and I don't think, can be separated from the musical. Like, there's no, like, what, I mean, it is, that's what it is, but it's also an idea that's trying to tell a story, which, telling a story through music is kind of goofy, and especially (laughs) if there isn't anything between the songs, right? Like, a musical literally has pauses and breaks and isn't necessarily only songs. Sometimes it is, but generally it's not. There's often breaks, but, like, an album, you, you don't get any visual uh, you know, stimuli. So you're sitting there listening and you have to like listen to Peter Gabriel's gobbledygook fucking poesy and it's not always going to come through clear, you know? So <laughs> I, I don't know. That's And that's asking a lot of a viewer and at that time, what I was saying earlier about prog rock is that people thought it was pretentious. Like, give me a break. This is five years into prog rock. It's 1974 and you're dropping a double album about a fucking kid in um, in New York City on Broadway and your British people like it, it doesn't get more pretentious than that. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. Right. And right. everyone was already like, "Fuck these guys, they're snobs." So but they were getting. Uh, well, yeah, even the previous album, selling England by the pound, was literally them referencing people saying that they were selling out, and that the mm-hmm. the prog rock sound yeah. was literally them sell- selling England the England sound. So uh, fucking. They were aware of that and went full bore, but Peter Gabriel steps out, <coughs> which I know I just said Bye, that Peter. that wasn't my favorite out that I don't, I don't really see the, all the hype behind lamb lies down. I do think if maybe at the time I'd been alive, I might've been like, Whoa, 
two albums. Oh, yeah. They got Brian Eno doing space noises on like a couple tracks here and there. Whoa. But just in general, I think the content of that, that album's lacking a little bit. And then Peter Gabriel steps out uh, and they continue, but they can't oh. find a singer. <laughs> so who steps up? Who steps up? Tarzan. It's, it's. <laughs> so it turns out, by the way, anybody listening, uh, this whole week of us listening and talking to each other about Genesis, uh, neither Hatter nor myself realized that we knew that Phil Collins did some Disney work, but uh, he thought it was Lion King. And I was like, you fucking idiot. It's not Lion King. It's the Hunchback of Notre Dame. But I'm a fucking idiot because it's Tarzan. <laughs> None of us. Even, and, I don't even know what it sounds like. And in my defense, the song I was thinking of was uh, what, what the, the fucking uh, Love Tonight or whatever. When basically the, the two lions are fucking. And in a jungle. In my defense, Phil Collins has a fucking song called In the Air, in the Air Tonight. Tonight. Oh and he does do a, and he does do a Disney soundtrack. So like it like there's a, a path of where my You brain, got that mashup. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I have no defense for thinking that it was uh, a Hunchback of Notre Dame. I thought for a second that he played a gargoyle, maybe. And then I found I out that the say, gargoyle you like that Gaston was... Gaston song, don't you? The, 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 gar- the gargoyle... The gargoyle was uh, Jason Alexander. So anyways, we're I mean, from, he was from Seinfeld. Pool, so. Uh, so Jason Alexander takes over singing for, for Genesis, is what happens. <laughs> uh, instead of playing drums. What is cool... Is this band uh, that I have from this whole, as I was listening to this in progression, uh, I was thinking, man, I wish I was listening to Yes, because I like early Yes. And um, all of a sudden, Bill Bruford from Yes shows up to fucking uh, drum for the band that has a drummer already, but the drummer's now singing. So... um, that's kind of cool. You know, they get a legendary drummer to come in and tour with them for a second. I believe Bruford also uh, contributed to some of Phil Collins' <clears throat> other band, Brand X, which uh, if you like jazz fusion, 70s jazz fusion that sounds like you're sitting in an <laughs> elevator, there you go. There you go. It's, it's actually good. It's actually fine and good. It's just, you know, it's that kind of music, so it's not... Um, and that should have I mean it's got the kind of tones on it that makes it feel cheesy. It's, we should have known, you know, as soon as I I sent you guys that Brand X shit and was like, "Oh, here's Phil's other band. He's actually a really good drummer." Like, sure, he's a really good drummer, but uh what what's the word Robo likes to use? Schmaltz. Schmaltzy. Schmaltzy. That's chicken fat. You know, that's chicken schmaltz, that's chicken fat. It's fat. It's just extra shit. You just got to cut it off, mm-hmm. get rid of it. You don't want it. Um, Steve Hackett's still in the band, though. And you know what? You're right, Robert. You can't tell the difference between Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel, really. They. I cannot tell the difference. No, I... it's crazy. Like, the, the only difference... Like, when you listen to them separate, their solo stuff, you can tell... Like, Peter Gabriel has a little bit more of, like, a higher pitch rasp. He's kind of yellier. Fucking... 
the music is the big, the like content of the lyrics and how they're sung and everything is light years difference, completely mm-hmm. like different taste, but they, they can sound like each other and apparently look like each other too by their profile pics on Spotify. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, so here we go. We got Phil Collins. I mentioned how fucking pissed I was at the beginning of this fucking episode. Fucking god damn it, I hate Phil yeah, Collins. Genesis is not this guy's band, okay? Shut the fuck up and go play drums. Can you play drums? Oh, Can you play drums? Oh, no. He, he fucking made it his band. Sure did. I mean, there were more Phil Collins albums than there were Peter Gabriel albums. Oh my god. Yep. And the, and those albums sound more like Phil Collins than Genesis. <laughs> the, the, the albums after Lamb Lies Down, the first, the two that they dropped in 76... Uh, Trick of the Tail. Withering and Wind and, yeah, and, and the Tail one. Those two wind, albums wind, are still wind and, pretty prog rocky. Yeah, Wind and Wuthering Heights. Kate Bush's Wuthering Heights. That's the other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're referencing English stuff. Cool. Also, the album cover for the Tail one is pretty tight. I like the art on that. Yeah, um, yeah. But those two albums still pretty hold pretty tight to uh, the the style before. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but it's still... I was say, you can like, tell has, the difference, but... Yeah. I mean, but not in like an not like no. once you leave those two albums and you get to the, it was three. I'm saying these two albums still hold to like at least mostly the Genesis ethos of the earlier era and the good stuff. Like it has longer tracks. There's eight minute tracks on these albums, nine minute tracks, and eight well, nine Steve minute Hackett. tracks that later on makes like well. But I'm just saying right now these eight or nine minute tracks are actually like moving pieces as because opposed it has to later Steve Hackett. on when they become stagnant yep. ass. How is this a six and a half minute song, boy? Cut that shit in half, you lazy Which, bitch. But like at that point, they're actually you know three or four interesting movements in the song. So uh, I th- I think it needs to be pointed out that at this point, what the band is is Phil Collins, who you know who Phil Collins is, is in the air. Can you feel it coming? Uh, in the air, weird. Uh, it's the guy from oh, Mike and the Mike Mike Rutherford from Mike and the Mechanics. Um, Fucking, which shit, I should have written down their hit songs, but uh, they have like a, there you know some Mike and the Mechanics songs. If you've ever listened to classic rock radio, holy fuck, you've heard some Mike and the Mechanics songs. They sound uh, like Phil Collins songs. Sort of. They sort of kind of do, but a, a little more, you know, Mike and the Mechanics has a little more uh, upbeatness. There's a, there's a little more of that poppy, new wavy shit happening. Uh, a little more energy. Um, the other guy sucks. What's his name? Tony Banks. All of his shit's just god awful. Fucking sounds like fucking Phil Collins with like big horns and shit, but like synthesized horns. The keyboard player guy. So you've got these three hacks that like new wave, fucking modern. You know they they're trying to be cutting edge, but goofy radio poppy shit. And then you have Steve Hackett, who if you go listen to Steve Hackett's solo stuff, even if it's not very good, it's not the best. His first album I liked, but it's basically a Genesis album. But uh, he's a prog rock guy, and he kind of stays being like, no, I'm going to play guitar, and I'm going to play some like complicated movements, and that's what I do. That's my thing. And so these two next albums, The Trick of the Trail and The uh, Wind in Kate Bush's Wuthering Heights, uh <laughs> They still have like that, like you said, the progness to it. Progness. Uh, the progness. 
and it leaves. It, They're it still leaves prognosticating. When, uh, right. And like, and then there was three. They try to bring in like elements of prog rock, but you can, the thing about wind and Wuthering Heights, which is not the name of the album. Uh, it sounds bigger. <laughs> it sounds a little more moving towards that eighties production sound. You get, at one point they bought a, a Mellotron while Peter Gabriel was still in the, in the band. And that was like an early version of a synthesizer. Whereas before all you really had was an electric organ. Um, now you've got these synths that these guys just like, just, I, I can't imagine somebody being like playing some of the noise, the sounds that they use through their synthesizers on these upcoming albums and being like, dude, doesn't this chord sound so cool with this fake string? And that's what it comes. It, it all just starts turning into like bad late seventies, early eighties synth sounds. The, the last, there's a single off of, um, and then there were three, I think it's follow you, follow me. Oh, it's yeah. the last song on the album. And Big it's song. like an iconic Peter gate, or I'm sorry, Phil Collins song. <clears throat> I didn't know it was Genesis song until just recently, but it's an iconic Phil Collins song, and it's right before he releases his first solo album, and they move into fucking Duke and Abacab. But that song is the transition, like the end of the. I feel like the end of the albums have been this transition point, like the end mm-hmm. of Trespass, which you said was like less what you were expecting from Genesis. Whatever is the knife, and the knife is the song that moves into flawlessly nursery crime, and it's sort of the actual feeling. And like they actually had the guy cut the um, image for that cover because that we're like you this this is the wrong cover for this album because the knife happened and then they moved on but that same way this 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 track is like oh shit this is where we're going and then sure fuck enough like the next uh, album is that song a bunch more duke Woo! Good yeah old, dude good old duke duked up <laughs> this is what i drum mean, machine. at least which the fucking cover doesn't even have anything to do with the goddamn album like I, you would think if you named a fucking album duke and actually had songs that had it referencing like an actual like person or some kind well, of concept that you would have the album. It that looked like Leisure that. Suit Larry from like a right, DOS the, game in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like the fucking it's a, a Lucas Arts production. It look, reminds me of the old like the nineties basketball players when they wore suits. They were like two, three times too big because like nobody knew what tailoring was. So like they always walked in oh, and that- it was just like massive suit on a massive guy. <coughs> like this album marks uh, the duke album marks the uh first drum machine that they really mm-hmm. really bring in and um my god phil collins just won't let that drum machine i think it's the same beat over and over and i swear he's got like one drum machine that has two or three different beats that he just fucking uses again and again and again and again uh and it shows up on D- duke the the only thing with the that one had like the two parter song, Duke. The ending ones, yeah, yeah, where it was like, like we're still kind of trying to be prog shit. rock, yep. yeah. But it's like this sucks, man. This is it's 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 very. It remind they start reminding me of Pink Floyd more, like how later Pink Floyd turned into this like. Man, these old dudes don't know how to use these synthesizer sounds anymore, and their fucking guitars sound all fucking cheesy. Like nobody has a guitar that sounds like that. What are you fucking doing? You know? Uh, but 
commercially and and success and based on commercial commercial success, this is their most successful era, and yep. this is like the front. This is like the 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 best of the eighties, dude. This, I mean, like, I'm not saying now, but during the 80s, this shit was more popular than most things happening. Like, they were as big as Madonna and Michael Jackson. Like, these guys I, were releasing these albums and people were eating them up. They were in debt all of the 70s until they hit right. this point. Like, they'd been 400 pounds, 1,000 pounds in debt, like, two years before. Well, this is also, uh, this is, like, follow you, follow me from the last album. That one came up and I was like, oh, fuck, this isn't Phil Collins? I thought this was like late 80s Phil Collins. And then this album, this album had two songs on it. that I was like, oh, man, am I back in my dad's fucking SUV driving around in 1991 listening to rock radio? Like, I know these songs. It gets worse there, too. Like It keeps going. It doesn't get any better. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like every, what, this is Genesis? It's like every single album. Phil Collins was like, hey, so the last one we did like three Phil Collins songs and one maybe and a quarter prog rock songs. Let's this one do like a Phil Collins song that has half prog rock in it, okay? Let's just cut let's just out. cut a little bit more. We're just listen. Well we don't need to do this prog rock thing anymore, but maybe put a song in there just so everybody knows we're still Genesis, alright? Alright? Cool. Phil, Phil you, Collins has more Phil Collins songs in Genesis albums that I thought were Phil Collins songs than Phil Collins songs I know from Phil Collins albums. <laughs> like I know In the Air Tonight and Susu Surio, but then after that I'm like, I thought I thought I Can't Dance was a Phil Collins song. Yep. I thought fucking um, uh, Follow Me, Follow You was a Phil Collins song. Invisible Touch. Oh my God! Yeah, that's a Phil Collins song. I was waiting for it, but yes, that one I thought was Phil Collins. Hundred percent. How is that not a Phil Collins song? Uh, I mean, no is. son of oh mine. No son of mine is fucking yeah. Jesus. Genesis, the Jesus I... walks one. The oh. Kanye cover he does. <laughs> Jesus walks. That one I wait, thought was a Phil, a Phil wait, Collins song. We're gonna have to come back to that. So because we gotta go. We gotta. No, no. We, I'm just saying. I'm not trying to right, jump ahead. No, I'm just but, saying, but I, no. I need. I need. Songs. I don't know what you're talking about. What you just said. The fucking the Jesus song is from Kanye. No, no, I was making a joke because he does the Jesus walks, oh, okay. Whoa, and okay, it's called yeah. Jesus walks with me, or I walked with Jesus. It was a well, dumb you, joke. So you I know, well, I just think laugh. that Kanye steals literally every single song he's ever oh, yeah. made. So I figured that he stole some Phil Collins because that's what Kanye does: is he takes things, he turns it, it into chipmunk voices, and he asks somebody else to put it to something else. And it wouldn't it surprise me if Kanye West pulled some Phil Collins shit out. Oh, yeah, no, me either. Not, neither here nor there. So we got to talk about. I like this. Okay, I'm. You guys are, are critical of this era, and I'm critical of this era. But I'm not gonna lie. What I found interesting, like in Duke, the first song I think is the beginning of life or life begins or something. Or the first, like the first track of a lot of these albums will have like an interesting moment. And then it immediately becomes Phil Collins, bizarrely. Like, it goes into, like, oh, we're in a crystal store, and someone, like, put a seashell up to your ear, and then ran a really cheesy-ass string that they put their hands on a cord and just floated it. And, like, if you took Phil Collins off of it, then I could be in a spa in a place in California that has a name (laughs) named after a native person, but, you know, whatever. So, like, that's what the shit sounds like. But, like, the first... 
the beginning of, of, of Duke has like, it sort of hits. Like I hit for me. I was like, oh, this is sort of hard. And I was like, no, it's not. No, there it is. Uh, they dropped out on that. It's like, this was interesting for a moment, but you said, fuck you immediately. And we're like, nah, we'll go back to the crystal store. And that, um, and that did, that did happen often for me too. And I, like, I'd find myself bob my head and be like, yeah, yeah, no. Oh, oh, what was that though? Oh, you just destroyed that. Okay. And then Phil would step in and be like, oh no. This, you know, uh, what really surprised me, though, is uh, this listen. Because, you know, obviously I went through and checked out a bunch of the solo stuff, too, of all these guys. Uh, I hate Phil Collins so much, but now I can't help but be like, oh, fuck. Because I listened to all this drum machine shit and all this stuff that just got that big sound. It was like, oh, dude, Phil Collins influenced pop music so, so, so much. He is like... Oh, yeah. Like, oh my God, pop music wouldn't have half the sound it has if it hadn't, or at least not when it did, you know, like the development of pop music would have been stunted had it not been for Phil Collins and fuck. Oh my God, that sucks. (laughs) sucks The best Phil Collins album is Peter Gabriel's third album. I mean, <laughs> Peter Gabriel 3 Melt is such an amazing album, and apparently Phil Collins did a, quite a bit of drum work on that yep. shit, and I was like, this album hits hard. Man. I was like, oh my god, why are we listening to Genesis when we could be listening to just this album a hundred like, times? If, and Phil if, Collins is the fucking drummer on half of it. If Phil Collins plays those drums on Intruder, holy crap, those are some of the coolest fucking drums that have ever been played on fucking like experimental rock music ever. That shit hits for like 1977 it sounds like somebody's gonna sneak up and fucking kill you just for listening to it It is like a terrifying song it's just full of atmosphere and just like dripping with this gross seedy like disgust that if that's phil collins wow um also whatever he's a i feel like phil collins treats drums uh like a job like i heard a description of a scriptwriter. The other day who if you write a shitty script and that shitty script gets made into a movie, well, that doesn't matter. You did your job. You provided a script that would get made into a movie. doesn't matter if you wrote a shitty script. You have that on a fucking resume now. You have that to add in your arsenal that I already had one developed. So it's going to look bad on on everybody on the actors and the director and shit their their careers ruined because of your fucking ass script but you're fine go ahead and write another one sell it you're great gravy (coughs) and that's how i think he kind of treats drummers is like you know uh uh here's a drum beat can you play it yes then do it and that's probably why him going in with peter gabriel getting good results is peter gabriel being like i have this idea for a drum beat Do, do 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 can you do it you mean this yeah, you did it. Perfect. Thanks. Bye. You can you can go write no no son of mine now. <laughs> so, so I always thought that the band ended in uncertain and shitty terms. But after having read everything and and reviewed this band, like Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins were chill with each other, and like yeah. Peter, like yeah. at one point, Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins and the Genesis band got back together and like pulled fucking Peter Gabriel out of debt. They're like, let's help you out with some fucking thing, and oh, we're making money like now because we're Genesis and Phil shit? Collins. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just saying. Like, I thought that Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins, like, because clear, like, I think 
there's an understanding that Peter Gabriel is more of an avant-garde, art-rock type of artist, and Phil Collins is more of a commercially successful pop king, whether you like him or not. Like, he's, like, the sound of the 80s in a very real way. Everyone knows a fucking Phil Collins song, even if it's a Genesis song. But, um, like, they were not, they were not, like, they didn't hate each other. He played at his next wedding. Like, they were buddies. They were still buddies. And I think that that's actually an interesting part of the story because I have always understood it oppositely and I sort of like that weird Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins are sort of buddies anyways even though like Phil Collins is this big bag of cheese <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure for sure okay. you know, but his cheese was I guess cutting edge you know and, oh. and like as generic as it sounds it is kind of unique music um, so we gotta go into this album that I just, Bro, you know, I, the, again and again, I, I say when a band goes into weird eighties shit and they just do like one album of it. That's what I, I enjoy. I usually really like that album. Right. You remember ZZ top Robert, where I really, yeah. really, really liked afterburner, which is just way too eighties out. Fucking you remember the Bon Jovi, yeah, Bon Jovi. You know, like the Bon Jovi oh. review. I liked the fucking eighties. The, the, like, the early eighties shit. Yep. Yeah. There's a few things that are just epitome uh, 80s. I don't like it out of Genesis, and they put out this album called Abba Cabba. Abba Cabba. <laughs> I don't. There's I another it was A. Abba Cab. Oh, is there is another, a, another? I don't think there's another I, A. I think it's just Abba Cab. Huh. Well, I, maybe. Either way, it's shit because it's literally <laughs> like you read about it, and they're literally like, what could we cut from our songs? Oh, you know anything that's re- re- anything that kind of looked close to Prague, cut it. Uh, we're just gonna use the same fucking beat throughout most of it. Awesome. The, that whatever that fucking Rollins drum machine that he has, it makes yep. that like. It's that was the one that I straight up got to and was like, okay, it, what? There was one uh, song I scrubbed through and it didn't change. Like maybe one little thing here and there, but that it. The that album starts. I hit play, and the voice, the the synthesizer voice that they chose, some kind of like wad out saw wave type of thing. I started dying laughing. It was it was some weird synthesizer farty thing, and fucking I couldn't believe that anybody would start an album with that sound, and it just progressed from there. Of just like bad drums and synth and like drum machine and and like cheesy guitars uh, that were like way too big and distorted, but not like crunchy, heavy metal texture distorted, just like loud and overdriven. <laughs> you know, uh, it literally had one of the worst songs I've ever heard, ever. Which one? The Which song one? "Who Done It?" Who Done yeah. It <laughs> is very easily. One of the worst songs that has ever been seriously written and contributed to an album that I've ever listened to. <laughs> Unbelievable. Everything is wrong about it. The way it's sung, the rhythm, the fucking structure of like the chords and the riffage, the like, uh, the, the words and the, it's like, it's all so wrong and so bad. I don't know what else to say my my daughter asked me what was wrong because when that one came on i was in the middle of doing some stuff in the kitchen 
and it came on and I like obviously contorted my face to like what the fuck am I listening to and she literally was like is everything all right dad and I was like yeah this is that's why I was laughing when you pulled that one that that was the one that got me because the lyrics when it kicks in is like I can't even what am I, I can't remember to? I can't it's remember like a, what he was singing because it was just no, everything it's, it's, was so almost, bad but it's almost like gibberish but not it's it's yeah it I did not much enjoy that one. <laughs> I think this is also the one where they said they were trying to get away from the like they actively admitted that they were trying to get away from the like idea of like mythical uh fantasy song and, stru- like stories well, and structures and stuff they worded they it start selling to women well they worded it they tried to get away Moms. from gen- genesis cliches i think is the way that they put it like, <laughs> yeah. cliche genesis things there's like a there's like a so so there's like a weird moment that, that in in the history of genesis where like they start selling to women this weird like sexist phrase where it's like I mean, I, I get what you're saying in that, like, you know, like, pink is for women, if that's what you think. But, like, we started selling to women, and I was like, what do you? What does that mean? You started playing three-and-a-half-minute pop songs, and that's what women listen to? Like, I thought it was funny. And, like, I read that line three different times throughout their oh, 80s they... decade, and I wonder if Phil caught, like, that shit had to have come from interviews. Where Wait. one of the three artists was like, I'm trying to get women to listen to my music to fuck. And I'm like, man, you guys are weird creeps dude <laughs> like uh, what that's wait, wait. It's, that's like so i read a, rev- a review that said of, of a phil collins album album that said something along the lines of like this is when you can tell that phil started catering to moms or made went from making dad rock to making mom rock was how they put it and uh <laughs> fucking i didn't read any others that said did you actually read something that was like, oh yeah, they decided they were going to somehow appeal to women, or was that like? I, I read. I mean, I I didn't read a specific article. I read through like the whole Wikipedia entry, which is like one of the longer ones, of course, because we it's Genesis. But like, there were two or three different times where they were like, and they were really trying to get their like change the the ta- the tamer the tent the the tenor of the music to like female music, and I was like, what what, <laughs> what does that, that even mean? mean? I don't. Was, I was confused, and I thought it was funny, and also like the sort of like commercial chachiness of of Phil Collins and that band at that point saying something like that. I could see the three of them being like, "Yeah, we want uh more women to get into our music because prog rock's too big for their brains." Like, like what are you? It's I don't like, know. Yeah, like, I, it of it comes off as real fucking schmucky schmarm, dude. It's like Bic when they came out with a, a pen for ladies, and it's like, what? What does that even mean? Like, you mean a pen? a pen? Uselessly gendered, just like it's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. I'm pretty sure if I had a vagina instead of a penis, I would refuse to use any pen that wasn't pink, and maybe a little slimmer. Okay, just saying. I'm just like I like my cigarettes. That's right. Because that's how shit works. That's 100% how shit works, man. Like 100 slims, baby. That's my jam. So dumb. Yeah, real so real quick. Dumb. That was satire, by the way. That was me being facetious. I was joking. I was making fun of that. This is We're not going Joe Rogan on this yet just because I'm pale and bald. Um, well, you know, uh, speaking of which, you know, you shouldn't get the vaccine. <laughs> and... <laughs> Watch, our show is going to get taken off. Are of we going to cut that? Are we, are we going to cut that? <laughs> <laughs> it, 
they're totally gonna take us down and fucking leave Joe Rogan up just for that one. We're gonna be like, we have seven people that listen to us. Why'd you take our show down? Well, your one, your co-host at one time said the uh, the vaccine. Well, he was making fun of Joe Rogan. Well, you, yeah, but well, we paid Joe it. Rogan a hundred million dollars. Yeah. They just they gave that fuck. Bro, like, Joe, what was it? What? How did they give him a hundred million? Mm-hmm. Spotify gave Joe Rogan a hundred million for his show, and they oh, yeah, almost he moved his show immediately, over, yeah. almost immediately, he goes on and fucking tells people not to get the vaccine. Okay, fuck. Great. Well, you know, uh, one of I mean, well, you mean the plague went away without a vaccine, <laughs> even though it killed a third of Europe. You know, I I, I don't want you to. I, I have a strong immune system, okay, so I don't need the vaccine and. And so, if you don't have a strong immune system, that probably means, well, let me first say that it's a dog whistle for eugenics from the 1940s, and I'm a fucking idiot. And secondly, you probably deserve to die, you unhealthy bitch. Because you didn't die of COVID, you died of being fat, you fucking loser. I have Joe Rogan. Nice to meet you, you know. While he, like, scrubs his head and says women are primates, you know. Like, well, I used to be oh, on tight. Fear Factor. Joe Rogan. I used to be on Fear Factor. I couldn't help Why am broke. I famous? Because I, I like MMA and I once got in a whole bag full of cockroaches. Did you? Like just co- couldn't help but notice that you just broke your leg there. Mind if I sit down and interview you about how you're uh, not going to get the vaccine? Is that cool? I'm Joe Rogan. You want to eat these bugs? Uh, I've gone, I've said this before on the show. Joe Rogan wasn't a total douchebag always. I mean, he was always douchey, oh. but... He wasn't a total douche, but he's famous because he was uh, somewhat of a good comedy actor, and and he was. He I don't know if he could do it now. Yeah. I, yeah oh well, I, and he was on fucking news radio, and and mm-hmm. you know he was in some scripted comedy stuff that. Uh, Plus, he the comedic well. timing really lands that for a comedic actor, but yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the, he he knew how to deliver a scripted mm-hmm. line. Um, you can say what you will about his earlier stand-up he's not the best stand-up comedian in general at all ever never has been so uh but his earlier stuff might have been better than his later stuff the the whole transformation over and that he was an mmf mma fighter like a, a relatively good one from what i understand so i get that he does the commentary for that shit it's just the weird conspiracy theory like for a minute there he wasn't so he was like into smoking dmt and going into like sensory deprivation tanks. And that was fine because that's what he would be talking about. And that was like kind of where he got this basis. And then all of a sudden that, which I guess it, it makes sense. You're smoking DMT and sitting in sensory deprivation tanks. You start getting into conspiracy theories. But uh, it just, it's weird that over the past like five years or so, that's what Joe Rogan's thing has yeah, become. It's- it's weird that the alt-right and like quack medicine lefties hippie lefty crunchy lefties are like almost the same guy now well, like, they're, they're like, like touching squad. Well, you know, they don't believe in vaccines and like maybe they're still racist about stuff like msg because they have that one study that that health food store told them about or like you know like they're like into these like qu- this quackery that like doesn't have like much information, but you definitely can find a Russian doctor on YouTube type of shit, and like that is an overlap of those two groups, and it's so weird because like you'd think they wouldn't be able to do that, but nah, they superpower behind anti-vax shit. And, well, like you're thinking yeah. linearly when everything's more circularly. Like as soon as you yeah, start, you're right. as soon as you start branching and going extreme either way, you're gonna come back around. Like the snake starts eating its own tail. 
Yep, exactly. There's the Nazis that, uh, start calling Nazis Nazis. The fucking there's this movie. Wait, the out. Nazis aren't Nazis calling Nazis. There's uh, this the, the movie no- out called The Hunt or some shit where it's about fucking liberal elitists that like kill people that are like uber conservative. Which the fucking yeah, weird. I which you know um also though like sweet. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I was like okay. Uh, but- go ahead. I wish we had like extremist land. Like, like America should just pull its shit together. This is gonna, this is fucking some terrorist talk right here. Uh, America should just pull its shit together, take over Canada, you know, and then we'll just use that to have all of our extremist wars, and the rest of us can just go live in centrist land down in the boring lower 50, 48, whatever, you know, and um, <laughs> just be war. Just like the left can go fight the right, Antifa, and. And Andy Nago with the Proud Boys can go and just fuck each other until they come bullets. I don't care. What I'm saying is go kill yourselves. <laughs> if you don't want to participate, go somewhere else and fucking kill yourself. Dude. Each the, other. Kill the, each other. I would, man, Westboro Baptist Church. Oh it sounds like God. a good place to do it. Them. How about, yeah, fuck Canada. Let's the northern parts and western parts of America team up with Canada and uh, let them have their little uh, race riots down in Alabama. You know, yeah, they well, can just... Canada's not very great either. They they got their fucking shit too. So they have. It's oh, so yeah, goofy. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, they're super it's so it's so goofy Canada. talking to people about like critical race theory and shit. Like what we're talking about is like white people and white supremacy. I think, hmm? but Literally. like critical race theory is big funny to me in the sense that like people will go critical race theory is so racist and you ask them why is it racist it's like because i didn't do anything wrong and it's like homie (laughs) that is not the point of critical race theory like i've had a friend show me a video of like a black person saying in front of white people in a small texas town that of course he earned what he did and no white person could have stopped him from doing that and that was like the argument against critical race theory and i was like dog first of all that's not critical race theory what the dude's talking about so sorry that's just ignorance all those people in that room are like weird like white people like clapping this guy like yeah we didn't do anything to you and then thirdly critical race theory (laughs) isn't even taught to anyone it's only taught in colleges and universities so it's like dog if you want to argue about something like at least know what you're arguing about oh oh my god let's not get crazy here I learned my well, you, shit off a YouTube video that somebody filmed on their camera and then yeah. sent to me. So that's yeah, because I don't that. want any fucking fake commie education. You fucking mm-hmm. commie, you socialist. I'm getting commie. thirty seconds of this clip of this guy on a Laura Ingraham. Like, uh, maybe watch the whole two and a half minutes to see if this guy actually knows anything about what he's talking about. Oh, that's uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Phil Collins might be racist. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I, I don't know either. I think he's friends with um uh, Eric Clapton, so oh, so that's great, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, I he bet- wrote a song for that whole uh, killed your killed your baby and cocaine incident, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He sure did. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a, for Genesis too. Genesis, a Genesis yeah. song. Yeah, he, he <laughs> Eric Clapton totally killed his baby while he was I on cocaine. Killed for cocaine. cocaine. Yeah, like, negligent for cocaine. 
Oh, uh, where are we at? So, wait, did we never figured out the... I'm calling it Abacaba anyways, because it's an Acab. It makes me laugh. Abba-dabba. There is no A at the end, is there? What the fuck was that? What does that even mean? Anyways, the next album I is mean, called Genesis. Self-titled, baby. We went self-titled. Uh-huh. Is it any different than was the it? next one after that? Yeah. It was totally oh self-titled. I don't know why I didn't realize that. <laughs> it's got the song. Oh my god. That's it's called That's All. I can't even it's like a finger snapping one. It's kinda got like a walking bass to it. You tell me it's wrong when you know that it's right. Just like the most trite fucking writing, and I can't remember the lyrics off the top of my head, even though like they're ingrained in my memory somewhere. I liked um I liked a song off that album because it was sort it sort of threw me off and it's instrumental completely, I'm pretty sure. But there's Home by the Sea and then Second Home by the Sea. And I thought Second Home by the Sea was actually pretty interesting because for some reason in nineteen eighty three, during their um series of uh, albums that should be uh, mouse pad covers. Uh, they've got this fucking this song that's like an actual instrumental song, and I was like, "Way to go, guys! Go back to your roots and sort of give it a break on uh, having us hear Phil Collins go." Yeah, uh, I, I I appreciate you. It was so, definitely I don't know. It was definitely better than hearing Phil Collins talking about what it's like to be an illegal alien. So I was gonna oh, I was gonna say here's the annoying. thing that song is followed up by illegal alien. Which is just like I'm, easily, easily in my like another song that I would easily put in my list of some of the worst songs ever written in history. Writing. Like, when did police write the illegal alien, the, the Englishman in New York? All I could think was Englishman in New York. I was like, is this Englishman? I know it's not. It's not even the same pace. But like, I was like, did he hear it? Did someone hear it? What are oh, they doing? No, I, in this song's no, stupid. I, you, you can, uh, I, yeah, I definitely see the correlation between the two. I. I think the police is probably one of the biggest influences for this era of Genesis's um, sound. And, and as far as like <laughs> when, when Phil Collins was probably like, man, who else does pop music with like uh, world rhythms and like experimental drum machines? And uh, okay, there we go over there. Well, and plus uh, what's his name? Is it Stuart Copeland that drums for the police? The guy's been considered like, a legend as far as being able to like just being a badass drummer with like perfect timing. So I'm sure at this point, 1983, Phil Collins is probably well aware of this guy of, of the police and, and their repertoire. So it doesn't surprise me, but I hear a lot of police in all of these albums coming in this era. Um, I can't even begin to, go into illegal alien i didn't make notes on it it was just what's it like it to be was, uh is, the fact is... that you're like okay you're english i guess i could see you know that's a broad term depending on country and stuff but then the fucking like like background vocals which are obviously speaking spanish you're like hold the fuck up man like what is going and, on well and the it, like even if we take away how cringy the fucking and like out of touch weird the fucking lyrics are, the music itself is just dog shit. Yeah, it's like they're garbage. playing something they don't know how to play. Uh, I'm looking. I'm trying to find the lyrics, but I can't find them, so I'm just not even gonna go into it. 
They follow. Like, I think I got a cousin, alien. and she got a friend who thought that her aunt knew a man who could help. At his apartment, I knocked on the door. He wouldn't come out until he got paid. Now, don't tell anybody what I want to do. If they find out, you know that they'll never let me through. It's no fun being an illegal alien. Well, and I'm pretty sure he says it's no fun being an eaten illegal alien. He's got he does some funny ass things with words these next couple of albums, but I like the way he says alien is like not even British. It's just like it's like, no fun being an illegal alien. Well, the fucking what you can tell right away where he's going with the opening verse. It's like uh, what is it? The sun is shining, so I head to the park with a bottle of tequila, tequila, and a yeah, of cigarettes. Like, wow. The album Uh, itself wasn't quite as bad as the one before it, but this is, like, Genesis is ruined. (laughs) It ruined. There is nothing coming back from, like... Well, Phil Collins ate it. Phil Collins ate the band. Destroyed this shit. So, this is... uh, This album is the album after Phil Collins' first solo release and Mm -hmm. also he released two in between that he released uh the one with his face on it and then he released the other one with his face on it uh but the (laughs) blue one with his face on it looking from the side not to be confused with the other one that he released with his face on it it looks like a tequila sunrise or the one with his face on it called brand x from earlier with his face whatever so there were all these albums with his face on it but he released two of those between these albums and it they were wildly more successful than genesis albums so genesis was like how are we gonna make money let's make phil collins albums and they made a bunch of good ones <laughs> it's the, oh my god it's just phil collins albums are just like genesis turned down to like two like two or three, you know. There's a little more horn not, too. Let's get not, playing the mall gonna, voice. Yeah, Let's go. There's definitely <laughs> mall music. Mall, mall Invisible music. Touch is the best Philip Philip Collins album. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it might so be. It's got. That, there's so many on well, that one that I was like, oh the my first, God, this the is first not three. Yes. The first three al- songs are Invisible Touch, Tonight, 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 and Land of Confusion, which are just like. You know, I never liked the song Land of Confusion, but going through this in the headphones, it kind of kicks. It kind of, that like, it's I mean, Phil Collins' Invisible Touchied me in this this album. I was like, this is, (laughs) this is his his Invisible Touchy. He says Invisible Touchy. And I'm like, oh man, I've been Invisible Touchied. But, like, I don't know, dude. This is the best Phil Collins album I've heard in a long time. That's all I'm trying to say. I <laughs> this think, is the one. I, th- I think we might be uh, uh, discrediting uh, Mike Rutherford and and uh, Tony What's-His-Face a little bit, though, because they're, they're solo stuff, uh, especially Mike and the Mechanics, I, I think, w- it was something of a um, uh, little more exciting than Phil Collins. So the two coming together... You know, fill fill in the mechanics, basically, is is what uh it leads to some okay eighties. Not even okay, just more. This is the best <laughs> Phil Collins. This is, <laughs> it's Invisible Touch. Yes, it's mm-hmm. probably the best one to listen to. Um, for the eighties Genesis stuff, if that's what you're into. It's, 
Oh, you don't want to know what I'm into. Is that is it, that's, your, that's your kink, huh? Some Phil Collins. Is it? Is it? We can't dance. Is that what you're into? Ooh, 1991. Baby. Oh, yeah. Now we're they just didn't. He didn't, they didn't make any albums for like. They were like, "Fuck this." They made Invisible Touch, and they were like, "No, I'm fucking done." On that baby. Was that 88? Was it 88? Invisible Touch was 88, I think. I and got 91. 86, I thought, right? 86. I got 86 oh, written damn. down. Yeah. yeah. Five years between? Oof. It took five years to write you, We Can't Dance. You Can't Dance. <laughs> with with the greatest fucking song I've ever heard in my life. I Can't Dance is the most iconic Phil Collins song, guys. On a thing about did the bed on It's cool, Phil. Sorry, you, you can't hit that note either, but... Hey. That song does. But when, Jesus when I'm knows working, him. But Jesus knows it, him, bro. Like, it doesn't matter. If I have Jesus a shitty job, if I have a shitty job that lets me play annoying music, I Can't Dance is a song I will put on at work. So, you know, it breaks it tension that. sometimes. We start. I, I really think that that is, like, that is the most iconic Phil Collins song I know. Mm-hmm. Like, I know In the Air Tonight, and people will argue other things, but that song, to me, is the Phil Collins song. So that It's a Genesis is perfectly acceptable, goofy to me, but, like, I don't know. I think Phil Collins, I think I can't dance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, in the, or In the Air Tonight. It's both those songs. I... Uh... In the air tonight has just become a commercial to me with a monkey in a monkey suit, which is so dumb or whatever the fuck. What's? Why is he talking about somebody coming in the air? Well, why on hit and he can feel a, it. Well, because it's into a fan, and then it well, because he started writing women music, you know, lady fem feminine music, girls music, man, whimskins music. That's really why. Really trying to appeal to women, so I wrote this song about getting jizzed on. Oh, I can on. feel you. <laughs> Jizzed songs. <laughs> you guys were too stupid for my earlier stuff, because I heard you have smaller brains. Like, here's my song. Like, I don't know, because Phil counts. That, that's him, that's him like... expressing that he really loves squirters. He's like... <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody, everybody always says that this song is about a guy drowning, but they never include the part that it's in cum. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the Jesus song, Perry. That's what you were trying to get at. Did nobody notice that it's fucking that in the middle of it they just go into a Joe Walsh song? They go into Life's Been Good, but like a parody version. I did, did nobody catch, catch did like catch the bridge? Yeah. They break down into like a little bit of a fucking reggae type rhythm, right? And instead of singing, my Maserati does 185, he's singing in that same, like, his his vocals do the same, and, it, it, like, he does the, it's, it's just replacing words, you know, about, to make it about, uh, when he's saying something about how he's living, living how he preaches or something, it's like, where he says he's living how he preaches now, but it's literally Joe Walsh's life's been good to me. And it just happens Phil. for like, for like four like little measures, you know. It's just like a little tiny bit, and, and uh, you know, I guess everybody was like, "Oh, it's just a cool reggae breakdown." Like, oh my god, he just fucking threw a Eagles cover into the middle of his 1991 Genesis album. 
And then Lebowski's <laughs> just like rolling in his eyes. Not the fucking Eagles, man. Uh, it, it, to be fair, it's Joe Walsh and not the Eagles. But at this point, Joe Walsh may as well be the Eagles. So, uh, solo Joe Walsh is way better than the Eagles. Way better. He joined after. There's a reason they brought him in. It's because his albums were good. <laughs> Which Eagles albums aren't. They are not. Probably going to have to cover the Eagles at some point. That's yeah. not exciting. I was going to say, some might argue that... Uh... Oh, there's a lot. That's a big debate. And um, Yeah, that's an interesting one. But that's not here. Yeah, I, um... I think about the Eagles. That's not, my, that's not my style of music. That's what I love about this podcast is... I would never have listened to all of Genesis and found out that it was actually Phil Collins' solo career, you know? I wouldn't have known. I never would have. <laughs> I would have just assumed it was Phil Collins anyway. <laughs> I always thought it was. Always did. I knew way more Genesis than I thought. <laughs> way more. So much you, more. You know what's really funny is we still have one album to talk about. Uh, there's nothing, nothing to say. To? Yeah, no, there's nothing to say about it. There's absolutely nothing to say about it. There's no <laughs> Phil Collins on it. I was going to say. Fucking. Uh, the first time I put it on, I, I didn't I like... read, and all of a sudden it starts going, and I'm like, Dude, "This is not the shit I was like expecting. It's even worse. Like, ugh. it's like six years too late, and like just doesn't do it. It's like a band covering Genesis, like a yeah. bad ninety bad nineties bar band covering Genesis. In ninety seven, they shouldn't have been playing." instruments that way like and when i say that i mean like the choice of tones and like the way that they instrument like the, the instrumentation of the song is just like also calling all stations feels like a weird callback to like bowie or something and it's like dog you guys are as experimental as a piece of my shit like this is like what is going on and Wait, that, I, was... I mean i listened to I, tr- I tried to skim it again a second time and i was just like what Huh? And the and the singer, I'm like, I wanted it to be Phil Collins because at least I could be like, oh, it's Phil Collins, you know, like Phil Collins is this band, but it was just some guy that was trying really hard to really sound hard. like Phil Collins, which was awkward. Like, dude, be yourself at least. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was really when I hoping said, that this. When I said that it it go they go like like Pink Floyd. You know, like Final Cut Pink Floyd. Like, I'm sorry if you're not familiar with it. If anybody's not familiar with Pink Floyd, I'm sorry. It's just that you're not going to get this. But the the part where where when Roger Waters leaves Pink Floyd, and there's like a couple albums where they're like, he's maybe writing on some of it, but it's not there. And it gets into the 80s, and they're using these weird string textures and like synthesizers that these guys don't know how to fucking get good sounds out of. This is the fucking like... Pink Floyd album, the like post Roger Waters Pink Floyd album by Genesis by far. This is like, this is what, imagine you had a friend. It's like, you know, 50 or 60. They probably went to school for music. They've had an accomplished career, but they don't really, they're not like a known musician. You know, they're like a virtuoso type of guy. And uh, that guy knows a couple other guys that they haven't played Session for 10 musician. years or so. They, they decided they wanted to go and uh, their, their buddy opened a microbrewery, said they could come down and play, <laughs> do some jams, you know. So they did some like loose kind of like fusion-y sort of like jazz influenced rock and roll stuff that, you know, the, the, the older crowd might be into it. But they're getting a drink. 
having fun. It's cool. It's totally chill. So they just went and did it. That's what this album sounds like. Sounds like a fucking, like, like I was a bar band, like a really good bar band. Yeah. That gets like paid well. 50-year-old dad show up with uh, fucking bike shorts and shirts on to pick up the micro-brews. Yeah. Uh, At three in the afternoon. Fucking A. If I was, like, having some yeah. beers in the afternoon and that was playing, it's like, all right. All right. Let's see what's going on. They're, they're more excited about the free beer than they are the, like, $300 they're going to make for the gig. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. That's they're, they're like, oh, we're going to get we get free beer. Dude, we get we. I love their oh, yeah. beer anyways. You know, we're down there all the time. So, like, you know how much money we spend there? They may as well give us free beer anyway. And then it's there Genesis. There all these moments with this band that were, like, a member left. You know, like, Peter Gabriel left, and that was a big deal. Hackett left quickly after. That was a big deal. Mm-hmm. But, like, after that, like, I'm sorry, Mike and the tectonic plates and whatever, Chan Glanks or whatever his name is. All I need is a miracle! Place. That's the fucking song I was trying to think of. That's Mike and the Mechanics that you would know. All I need is a miracle. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. Okay, all I need is a miracle is, like, maybe the only one I know by them. And, like, it took a while for the song to get going before I knew it. But, um, also, as an aside, uh, Mike and the Mechanics, there's a cover of one of his albums where it's, like, a picture of a man with gold doubloons in his eyes sitting on a beach of gold doubloons covered in water. And it looks like an eight-year-old did it with fucking Photoshop in, like, 1994. Anyways, uh, I think that this band is funny because, like, there should not have been calling all stations that no. shouldn't have been an album it shouldn't have existed like you feel when phil collins left to do uh you know whatever disney film you guys think he did uh like it, it, that was it you know that was it for that band it was pocahontas tried to make one more album was like dog you guys already cashed in on prime phil collins era stardom like you don't need you're gonna make money off of the fact that these are phil collins songs for the rest of your life just quit guys go play at your microbreweries and never record again like we don't need you i'm but, sorry we don't need those two guys i'm I, those Genesis. guys can uh, go fuck it I, okay no no i got we're, i just got it real quick since i you said something about michael mechanics that just like sparked the fucking memory in my brain uh I, the first album it's okay the first first album by Mike and Mechanics for like '80s new wave pop stuff. It's fine, and uh, also you have to know the other song, the Living Years song. There's no way you don't know their Living Years song because I looked them up while after remembering that the song. It that, was also a song that I didn't know until I really sat down and listened to the whole fucking thing. The like, it's too do, late when I we do. die song yeah okay so you have heard that on the radio from... i know three of his songs pretty well but yeah. not until i actually like let it's the like the, okay so phil collins and, and mike and the mechanics have this this similar thing where they have a really catchy uh significant choral line but it only lasts for like 20 seconds and the rest of the song is those annoying strings that you hear at crystal shops so like you have like an hour and a half of crystal shot music and then like 18 seconds of like the part in the song everyone knows. And if you, if you skim the track, you only hear the crystal strings. So I, I had to actually listen to the songs and yeah. yeah oh, I'm sorry. Right. I know three <laughs> of them. So oh, I just funny. wish you would have told me in the living years. Yeah. Man, that song. Uh, you know, the, the other thing is the second most, or I'm sorry. The most popular song by Mike and the Mechanics on Spotify is a song that I've never fucking heard. And it's like, got the it's got the album cover I was telling you about. Yeah, yeah, it's like mid nineties. It's like who the fuck listened to Mike and the Mechanic in nineteen ninety five? What the fuck is going 90 on? Ninety million hits too. Like uh-huh. so many hits. 
And that song doesn't have anything to contribute. It doesn't have like a sing-along chorus or nothing going. It must be in a movie that we don't know. Dude, that song is like a Samsung ringtone or something. It's like a it's like a ringtone off of a Nokia from 1992. Like I don't even like I'm like what is going on? I'm so bored I'm going to die. Put me in I, a crystal store. At least I get to look at crystals. I feel like he's a he's one of those guys like uh Mike Knopfler. I think is his name. Mark Knopfler? Mark Knopfler. Except Mark Knopfler's more known as being like a good guitar player guy. I saw Mark Knopfler one time. And it, uh, I was young. It was with Bob Dylan or whatever. And I was like, who the fuck? Mark Knopfler. Oh, from Dire Straits. And when we got there, there was a bunch of, like, gray hair, balding, kind of overweight business suit motherfuckers drinking beers with their trophy wives that, um, like, we started, like, we were dying, you know? They were, this guy's up here playing dire straight songs, like money for nothing and shit. And we're like, what the fuck? And all of these businessmen are there. And there's a guy that was like, he's a legend. And we're like, yeah, I know, but it's terrible, right? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Bob Dylan came out. And at this point, Bob Dylan's voice is worse than Bob Dylan normally is. And the businessmen got up and left. And at that moment, we were just like, oh, fuck, there's a whole nother level of dire straits you know 1980s dad fans that we do not understand and i bet they're the same that are like listening to mike and the mechanics or what the fuck else whatever these guys that got solo careers in the 80s for having a band that didn't really deserve a solo career you know have you guys have you guys read or seen you've probably seen but have you read american psycho uh, I did back in the day. So I it, he does these like really like deep analyses of very popular '80s albums, and one of them is Phil Collins. And like while I was listening to this, all I could think of was businessmen murdering fucking like you know prostitutes and secretaries. And I was like, you know, and like and you're the guys you're describing are the guys who in the 1980s would have been listening to that music unironically, and are now at the show continuing to be unironic, but now no longer fit and handsome and like whatever, spending their like retirement, whatever. And so like all I can think of like you say this dire straight shit. I'm like, yeah, and, and Phil Collins too, and like a number of other things like 80s pop music that's sort of cheesy, no. but. Would have been dope on cocaine, maybe you know, and so yeah, it's like the, yeah. the annoying, like the the, the oh, equivalent Huey. of Chachi bro rock shit. Now, like Nickelback stuff or whatever, like that somehow a frat boy would be like, you gotta fucking anal bomb yourself now or whatever, you know. It's called and then say bro. I'm not gay or whatever, and like that kind of music, like it makes me think of that. I don't know, you Bill know, Collins and Dire Straits. I just gotta for say, nothing, money for free. That's that. Oh, gross. Frat boys, by the way. If anybody can help me figure this out, because I'm old and I'm out of touch, I live right behind the frat houses for U Dub, fucking the University of Washington, and uh, like they, if I walk up to the top of the hill, there's several frat houses right there. I can hear them at night sometimes, you know, partying and shit. They're chill, whatever. But uh, I can't. I don't know. I don't know what these kids listen to. I have no idea. I hear really bad generic, like bass beat hip hoppy sounds don't know what it is and i listen to you i listen to like some modern hip hop you know it's maybe not i'm probably not up on it as as much as most people would be uh but um 
it, it is something that I actively seek out. And uh, I can't recognize any of it. I don't know what the fuck it is. So if anybody could figure out what college kids in frats are listening to nowadays, you don't got to tell me about what the kids that are like not in the fraternities are Look down with. Wait, do you know? I know. Yeah, I want to know. Let, Kanye like West's to, Donda when it releases. Oh, I'm sure I, I think it's. Kanye. I think it's literally Billie all Eilish's, just Kanye. Uh, happier before I wasn't happy as much. I'm sure not bassy like, enough. It's Olivia Rodriguez. It's got to be all know. in like that SoundCloud type of like rapper genre. Like that's that's what I, I hear a lot of when I go around like SDSU area. Uh huh. Like, uh-huh. I, I catch more of that kind of hip hop. Hip hop. Well, I wouldn't even like Tom Hanks, son. <laughs> Chet Hanks, Chanks, Chet Star, rap, White Boy Summer, probably. But, Bro, yeah. I don't listen to anything but J Cole and Drake. All right, J Cole Damn. and oh, and Kanye. Is there anything else? Like nothing Sounds else right. is music, bro. Did I, did I tell you that uh, that somebody called me uh, called us haters because <laughs> because of the Travis Scott thing? I said <laughs> something about it. I don't remember what album. I was like, oh, it's kind of just a boring album though. So getting defensive about it is like stupid. I don't remember what it was. They're like. You guys are haters anyways. I saw your whole thread on Travis Scott. Fucking clowns. I'm like, okay. Go ahead and defend like, that, man. My, if, you, if that's a hill oh, you want to die on, go for it, bro. All I said back was Travis Scott sucks ass. Like, that's all. Like, fucking, in what, a bad way, why? probably, too. I feel like he would suck ass in a bad I mean, way. I think, we're pre- I think we're pretty harsh to most popular pop stars. Like, I had an argument with my sister and niece about the most recent Billie Eilish album. They were like, you just haven't seen the documentary. I shouldn't just, have to you watch just something you for just don't, for, hold on a second. They, they were like, they were like, she's a feminist, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, she is to a degree, but also the rest of the lyrics, there's sort of mixed messaging here. But that aside, I was like, have you guys listened to the whole album? My sister was like, nah. I was like, I've listened to it eight times, and I was like, well, yeah, I've heard most of it, and I was like, homies, I'm sorry, but I eight literally times. listened to it eight times and analyzed the lyrics and the music, and this is just how I feel, like. Take it with a grain of salt. I'm just one guy on the internet saying my opinion. But, homie, don't come at me like you done your research because I've done my research. I did my research. I researched. I went on you YouTube. Know? And that's like our whole and I, thing, and I gave, too. I, gave, I think I still gave Billie Eilish a pretty flattering review. Like, for as many problems as I felt that album had, I still gave it a three out of five. You know? That's, that's, that's better than the average. Like, 2.5 is, you know, middle of the road. I leaned heavy on the other side. It's better than bad, but it's not the best. My bad, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, good. That's it. I, I mean, the fuck are you supposed to expect from something called, is it worse than 311? Sm- it's not even a nice... Snark. People like, fucking <laughs> latch on, man. When it's part of their identity... They take it personally. It's fucking weird. I was I was saying this earlier. Like I had a, I had a call with my family and we were talking about things and I basically was like, Americans are sensitive because they're hyper individualistic and they tie themselves to consumer mm-hmm. and corporate culture. You are affected and offended by someone disliking or liking your thing. Your thing is something you tie to your personality. 
Genesis has nothing to do with what I am as a person, but I make it that way because of my hyper-individualism. So when you say fuck Phil Collins, you're saying fuck me, but what you're saying is fuck <laughs> Phil Collins. And I take it personally because I'm like, well, I've created myself out of uh, flower print t-shirts and Genesis covers, you know? So, I don't know. There's Americans a, are silly, sensitive goofballs. I gotta got find it. There's a meme where it's like starter packs, and it's like, like basically saying like my identity and it's all these random ass things that people like yeah. buy to make Starter them packs. their identity which is just exactly what you said consumeristic <laughs> products whether it be music uh fucking brands can you believe people get in fucking arguments about brands when they give two shits about you like let a, like, oh it, you want it you want to know what the biggest uh one of the multiple times on on our twitter to us i have been told well, you must be poor anyways because you're tweeting from an Android. Yeah, see, exactly. Like, what? Really? How does that, like, what? Oh, How does, does that process in, in your fucking brain? Capitalistic mentality, like, whatever. Genesis is a brand. Mm-hmm. Kanye West is a brand. Britney Spears is a brand. Billie Eilish is a brand. Taylor Swift is a brand. And we associate ourselves with brands. And, huh? you know. For as much as we want to say it's just Subway, it's not. I'm sorry. Many things are brands, and we, we've created our personalities around these ideas. And it's not about you. You, I mean, people take it personally, and we don't have to. But, like, that's what's funny about our show is we bitch about and complain about very popular musicians who most people are like, but Drake's my dog, you know? Like, really? I don't give a <laughs> shit if he's a pedophile bigly. And, I mean, like, hey. You don't have to care about that or not, but I'm I'm not trying to sweat you. I'm just saying I didn't like his album. You know, like that's that's all. Yep. That's it. That's yep. it. I just like I don't like it. Um, maybe that's because I'm a snob and I'm smarmy, but that's what I am. And you're asking, you know, you're listening to my opinion. So you're either here to hate me, or you're here to be like, oh, look, listen to this smarmy dickhead talk about music. Like, nice to meet What the you. fuck else? Like, what is a music podcast going to be? Okay, if you don't want to hear a music snob or somebody be fucking smarmy about fucking music, then what the fuck are you doing all listening they want to, to a do music is hear podcast? Us, like, hypothetically suck their dick. That's all they want to hear. Well, also, like, we're not making any money, so we don't have any reason to sponsor Kanye West, you know? <laughs> like, a lot of these bigger ba- these bigger podcasts and groups of people, like, they're getting paid to tell you about a product. I'm not getting paid to tell you about a product. I'm just telling you that I listen to all of Genesis, every single fucking song, while sometimes getting drunk and sometimes eating a hot dog and sometimes laying in my bed. And this is what I think of Phil Collins' stupid-ass drum fill. Homie, no one's paying me to like him or not like him. I just don't. Sorry. You know, that's just how I feel. And I mean, I think it's interesting because, you know, like the meta critique is many groups of people that are famously talking about things are literally getting paid to talk about them nicely. We're just telling people our opinion. And I think that's tight. Fuck Genesis, sort of, but I liked them. They're good. I did. Yeah, you know, I'll take we're, we're there. I'll um, I'll say they're not worse than 311. Absolutely not. No, I, that's they have so much before my actual hatred on them that mm-hmm. I agree. No, I will say, pick a fucking logo. Like, come on, man. At least three eleven stuck with their goddamn logo. And I understand uh, up, updating's cool. Like that. Well, it yeah, it does. But when I feel like there's no identity with that, there is a weird aspect to that sometimes. But sure, sure, nothing sure. super well, negative. I, but also, you know, as far as that goes, from a designer's point of view and a band's point of view, they were going through changes of their uh, band's identity, of their sound. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if you're so updating like, sounds, I, 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 yeah. 
Right. It's it's sort of like a Sepultura, you know? You, you, you show me the old Sepultura logo, I'm going to be like, fuck yeah, bro, you fucking, you, yeah, dude. But, you know, you show me, like, some newer stuff, I'm going to be like, oh, maybe you like new metal. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Uh, I haven't heard you. Uh, uh, well, I mean, they there's a there's the Roots logo, so you know that maybe you like some bongos and shit in your drums, you know. And then there's the thrash metal logo, and I don't know, I don't think I think they kept the the logo since the Roots stuff, but the newer stuff is um, oh my God, Sepultura's bad. It is just like there's no reason that that band should call themselves Sepultura. None at all. The drummer left. The fucking, you know, like, Max left, Igor left. And so it's nobody that was on any of the first albums at all. Nobody. And they still oh, keep yes. playing as Sepultura, which the drummer joined back up with Max. Uh, they're, they're brothers, right? Uh, Max is the guitar player guy. And now they go by the name something like the Max, whatever his fucking name is, like Terror fucking... Grind thrash band terror thing. Like it's like something really stupid with his name in it, you know? Like he put his name in it. At least they don't have project Uh, in it. That's always a cliche. It might have it might have project in it. But then they just play (laughs) Sepultura songs, you know? Uh anyway. Fucking Genesis. Not worse than three eleven. Genesis is the the best prog rock band that ever became a Phil Collins cover band. Yeah, that's the absolute Phil, fact. Phil Collins accompaniment. But. The um you know, even if we took away the seventies stuff, I'd probably still say it's better than three eleven. Not based on whether I'd I'd rather listen to three eleven. Yeah, but like nineties three eleven over but yeah, the influence and the like musicianship in general, the use of new equipment and new technologies, new recording techniques that um, those are techniques that were absolutely flowed right into the making of fucking 311's production sound. You know what I mean? Like, Phil Collins sitting in studio playing with all that shit, putting out these pop albums that got huge with that sound, with that electronic, big guitar, and fucking moving that into, like, the 90s era where they don't really know how to use it and it's kind of separated and you got grungy stuff and you've got electronic stuff happening underground and all of a sudden towards the end of the 90s it all comes together and you get 311 where they have neat guitars also, like deep beats Genesis was so big that they were touring like so a uh, few years back U2 had such an, an intensely uh difficult set to build that they would build it a day ahead break it apart a day behind and a day forward like they had three sets moving around the country and that was like in like 2015 i think and like could completely destroy a whole stadium's grass field motherfucking genesis in the mid 80s were were sending a two million dollar set eight hours worth of setup and five hours worth of breakdown to fucking play their live shows like that band was really big. Like, for as much as we can hate on the cheese and the Crystal Store vibes, like, they still were, like, one of the biggest things in the 80s. Like, well, that's what I... Stories next I, to Madonna and Jackson, dude. Stories I remember hearing were definitely about the Genesis concerts. Just the theatrics and, as you were putting it, the stage and performance and like that. So, they were not We small. didn't even... They were not small venues. So... <laughs> we didn't even talk about the puppets. 
You know, the land of confusion puppets and shit like that. Like that was, I remember that as a kid being like, whoa, a, this band does crazy big stuff that I don't understand or necessarily like. Um, <laughs> anyway, what are we doing next week, guys? I can't remember whose turn it is. Is it? I think it's your turn. Like from hell or from or are we picking up where we left off then? So are we at? I mean, I would think so. I'm back. If I mean, I I think I can be here. So unless we want to, uh, do we want to do a what? What did we do right before this? Was it ministry? That was a dice roll. What? That was a dice roll. Cool. Yeah. Then I guess it's mine. Full of hell. We're doing full of hell. Full of hell. See you guys. uh, See you guys on the other side. You're gonna. This is this is gonna be one where we're gonna be like yeah that that is what that is why'd you do this and i'm gonna be like because i've literally been trying to listen to their whole discography in order for a minute now and i never had an excuse so no excuse. <laughs> i'm gonna have to listen to it in headphones i'll i know that yeah, that's, that's, the one, oh, yeah. that's the one i got too this, <laughs> this is um not like the most brutal thing i could have picked but <laughs> it's real close it's up there like um you didn't get to do Boris Perry, but Robert did. And um, there was some difficult Boris to listen to, right? I mean, mostly that first album. It was the first album. The first album was like, what the fuck are you doing with this 50-minute track? But after that, I was like, all right, I'm on board. Yeah, okay. Um, this is going to be a lot harder to listen to. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> I love yeah. the disclosure. All right, all right. There's, there's like I've got songs of theirs on my fucking playlist that are like there because I like the songs, but they'll come on at certain times, like when I'm walking or something. It'll just be like, oh fuck, oh my god, please turn this turn off. This is off. making my head spin. I'm fucking freaking out. Like I'm anxious now. Do they have a huge discography? It's like nine albums or something like that. Okay, all cool. right, cool, cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, that's a, that's that's another reason why I picked them because we haven't done too much of the like more modern underground heavier stuff punkier type of stuff experimental punky dark stuff you know um and they have enough albums where there's stuff that we can talk to talk about and not have to um sit through 10 million solo albums and goddamn genesis took forever to get through it was so big so big so you know until then uh we got anything else for these fucks Listen to Peter Gabriel's uh, third album, Melt. It's a really good album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and Brand X. <laughs> and uh, and the first Mike and the Mechanics album. Um, the Peter Peter Gabriel, real quick though. Three, one, two. I like I, I like one through three, and I like so. So's not bad. Uh, for like an eighties yep. mainstream. I mean, it's got sledgehammer album. on it, so how can you? Say anything yeah. about that. The, the, and big time. Uh, and it, the one after that's all right, too. So Peter Gabriel, yeah, go listen to Peter Gabriel. And, and you know, go listen to some Genesis, I guess. And Phil Collins can go fuck himself. Uh, listen next week when we'll talk about something that some people probably don't want to listen to. And, um, you know, tune in on Wednesday. We'll have another midweek roundup for you that you can tell us we're wrong about on Twitter because you can follow us on Twitter. You can get some of our merchandise we sell merchandise theoretically uh at trashpitcity.com or just go to the you know go to our website go to is it worse than.com we have a website we have a blog we have uh 
undying hatred for scripting out our outros and um, uh, a complete refusal to stop just droning on pointlessly and carrying things on for way too long. We have... Because we love you. Love. <laughs> we have love. Lots. That's love equals Bye, cocaine. everybody. We, I don't, we don't have any cocaine. Send, well, send cocaine no and money and love. Send us money. Thank you. Love and bigly, thank- but love with money dollars. I can-